Hey, everybody. Welcome to Wellness Myth, the podcast where we take a hard look at the nutrition and wellness industry through a no bullshit lens. My name is Emily, and I'm an anti-diet, intuitive eating, registered dietitian and yoga teacher. And my name is Vanessa. I am also a registered dietitian, and I specialize in hormones. Emily and I met back in college when we were studying to be dietitians, and we basically never left each other's side since the moment we met. And post-grad, we haven't really left each other's side either. We live across the country from each other, but that hasn't stopped us from being business partners and talking almost every minute of every day. Let's get into this week's episode. Welcome to this week's episode of there's so what there's so much noise in the background on yours. I can hear you like scratching. What's going on? Craig is retiling the bathroom. I apologize, listeners. Like sound quality on this one from my end, my and now my dog's shaking. Oh my god. Sound quality on this one just might not be like the best, but we're gonna work through it and I think it's gonna be okay. And just like enjoy the sounds of my daily living. Maybe it'll kind of be like ASMR a little bit. Well, like, not, I feel not, like the tile out. scraping could be a little bit of ASMR. Maybe if I just like. <laughs> you, your mic is honestly perfect for that. Like we should start. We should make you do like an ASMR meditation just, or something. Just, for the podcast. I'll just whisper. Oh, oh my God. It sounds so sure. good. It's giving me it's giving me the feelings like I want you to keep doing that. But we do have things. You know, the sensation when like sometimes you like whisper. Okay, people are going to like think I'm full blown crazy now. But, you know, like sometimes when you whisper and it kind of like it like tickles your butt. Yeah, like your tailbone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I feel when I'm doing that. Yeah, that's how I feel when you're doing. Oh, yeah, but I feel like it when I'm doing it, too. <laughs> it's like some next level advanced. Or like in the matrix here. But anyway, let's get into medicinal mushrooms. I'm really excited to talk about this because I've actually had a few clients recently ask me about this and wonder what my opinion is. And I was really happy to have an excuse to do this research. There's so many cool things we're going to talk about with med medicinal mushrooms, and they are really trendy right now. I feel like they have been for probably like the last like five-ish years. They've been really trendy and like doing mushroom coffees and things like that. And just to be clear here, we're talking about medicinal mushrooms. We're not talking about like the hallucinogen mushrooms like that are taking you on a trip. Separate episodes. Which yeah, which I I still want to do that. We have to have Angela back to talk about yes. that from the somatic therapy episode. I would love to have a psychedelic episode. We're talking about mushrooms with healing properties. Not that the other ones don't have healing properties, but like just purely gentle, very few side effects aren't going to make you hallucinate. A hundred percent. You do not have to fear these mushrooms. They're basically like a supplement like that's a lot of that's kind of like how you could think of it if you're going to take it in a therapeutic type of sense. like I said super trendy right now but they've been around for a very long time so our ancestors used mushrooms as medicines for thousands of years so I think the history has it dating back to 450 
before common era. 450 before common era. Wow, that's kind of hard to say for me for some reason. But a really long time ago, thousands and thousands of years, um, they used mushrooms for anti-inflammatories to cauterize wounds. And we're still kind of using them in that way today a little bit too. Not really to cauterize or wounds, but as an anti-inflammatory. And some of the benefits we've seen from medicinal mushrooms are anti-inflammatory, antimicrobial. They've been shown, or some of them, there's a bunch of them. We'll talk about the different types, but they've been shown to reduce triglycerides, be blood sugar balancing, anti-aging, liver protection, hormone balancing, and libido enhancing. Yeah, I I feel like I saw a lot of those similar things, a lot of like viral protection and also a big use in oncology, the treatment of cancer. And it's actually over 30 years, it's been approved in Japan and China as an adjunct to standard cancer treatments. And they have done all of that research. This is the first time that Emily and I actually have some of the same research. Oh, my God. So I actually have that written down, too, being that it's a complementary care to cancer treatment. And this has really good research behind it. And pretty much all of them, we'll go over the different types in a minute. It's not, you know, that's not being done that I know of in the U.S., but there's well-documented benefits. And again, I want to stress that they are using it as complementary care to other like standardized cancer treatments. So they're not just having people take mushrooms like to cure their cancer. They're doing, you know, chemo and radiation. And then they're also doing mushrooms on top of that. Yeah. Important distinction for sure. Yes. And that's something too that you know, with things like this in medicine, it can all, you know, sometimes we're in the U.S. a little bit more hesitant to try complementary therapy. But as I was looking at a lot of this research, I was like, why don't we try that? Like, you know, it's like medicinal mushrooms have very little side effects. They seem pretty safe. They've been around for a long time. It's well documented that we've used them. And it's also well documented that they're helpful. So it's kind of confusing that we don't adopt things like that. Yeah. And they're immune modulators, so they can adjust how they're affecting the body based on how your body needs in that moment. So I think that's a pretty like cool piece of it, too. And like we said, they've done the research in other countries to know that it's safe to be able to use alongside other treatments. So yeah, it's it's definitely interesting. I think there's like a lot of confusion. And honestly, it's funny, like the Four Sigmatic coffee brands. Vanessa, do you know this? Mm-hmm. I've never had any of their coffees before. Have you? I have. OK, so I don't really know the taste. And honestly, I don't trust you if you say you liked it anyways, because <laughs> it's probably a bitter, disgusting piece of dirt. If you but Anyways, it's like aside from that, I don't see it like constantly in the wellness universe. I feel like that Four Sigmatic coffee brand really kind of like helped skyrocket mushrooms in to be part of the wellness lexicon. But other than that, we don't hear like a constant use case for them. So it's it's interesting. Yeah, I feel like something that's gotten kind of hot recently, too, is like reishi hot cocoa. Oh, yeah, um, totally. I had that last weekend. That's like kind of embarrassing, honestly. 
I have some in my cupboard and I'm probably going to drink some tonight. Oh, wow. And, you know, I, I'm I'm very happy about it. But really quick, I just wanted to point out a study. And Emily, you probably came across this too. But this one, there was a bunch of studies when I was looking at the mushrooms related to oncology. And one of them was, it was a review. So it was reviewing several studies. And there was 8,009 patients. So that's a pretty big review. And this was patients who had surgery to remove gastric cancers. And after surgery, patients in the trials were given chemotherapy with or without PSK. So PSK is what's in turkey tail, which is a medicinal mushroom. And the results suggested that receiving chemotherapy and PSK helped patients live longer after surgery. Awesome. That's I mean, so cool. and that's pretty like, I mean, that's a lot of people. So that's pretty compelling. I always try to look because and there are quite a few studies. A lot of them are, you know, it's in like the hundreds or their smaller scale. Again, with supplements, a lot of times we don't get like the big money studies behind them because there's not as much money to be made so they kind of get lost in the shuffle but yeah I think that's a good thing for people to just know in general too that ultimately like there's a lot of studies on things that have a big money source behind them and it's not like some weird conspiracy it's just like how capitalism is and how it affects our healthcare system and research and so even though like you know yes research is really important and we're always going to be advocating for that it's something that you you have to think about, right? Like the cattle council or whatever the hell it's called. What is it called? That's what it's like. So uh, it's like the dairy council and then something. I don't know. Whatever. I um, thought it was but, like there's beef too. There's a beef. Yeah. Yeah. It's like beef paid for by the cattle people. I don't know. But it's like, yeah, no kidding. Like they're going to want to do that. Like right. they want you to see these studies and they want to provide them. Same as how like brands of probiotic products want to fund other studies because it's only going to mean potentially positive things for them. So it's just something to keep in mind when you you look at research like this, for sure. Yeah. And it, there's a common theme. I'm sure most of you probably, well, maybe if you're dietitians or if you're in the health field, maybe you are scouring over, you know, articles. And if you are spending a lot of time on PubMed, and you're trying to look for things like supplements or let's say you're, you know, looking at medicinal mushrooms specifically, you will find a lot of studies that say something about like structure of this was, OK, we need more research. Like it's always like the we need more research on this. And I appreciate that. And I think we do. But it never really happens. And in my opinion, I look at these and say there's enough research to say that they're safe and generally effective. So I don't know what's making us so damn cautious about it. <laughs> totally. I think a lot of a lot of things too that are important to look at, and this is goes for a lot of the medicinal mushroom studies that we have here, are that they're done in vitro, which is like in a petri dish or a test tube. And so sometimes that translates into what happens in the body and sometimes it doesn't. Just like when mm -hmm. we're doing studies on rats, like we can't like make full proclamations just based on that. It's just like what we have as the best thing. And if we get a good result, then we do further research. But 
yeah, it's it's confusing because why not just kind of try it and see, especially if it's something that's accessible to you and you have funds to throw around at your health. Like, why not? I think it's like with every single type of thing we talk about, like these are all extras and fun additives that you could do. Or if you had like a specific, you know, issue that was happening to you, like, you know, for example, cordyceps mushroom, that one can be used for antioxidant effect, anti-malarial. That was like really interesting, like malaria. But that's like in mice, right? So it's a possible molecule that could be explored to be anti-malarial, but, you know, it, it requires more research. There's also been a lot of research about cordycepin, which is the bioactive in the cordyceps mushroom, and anti-arthritis effects or anti-osteoporosis. You know, again, a lot of these studies were done in test tubes or in mice, but it's sort of like if you're struggling with those issues, it might be worth exploring. Why not? So Emily and I had a big conversation about this before we started recording. So it is pronounced cordyceps, but I just can't unlearn the way I want to say it at this time. So I'm going to continue to mispronounce it. Do with that information what you may. So cordyceps, as Emily said, so they have, you know, research behind them for some of that stuff. A lot of times you'll see that uh, cordyceps advertised as promoting stamina, enhancing libido, energy. Um, I was actually looking at some research today for cordyceps being taken to increase endurance and athletes, especially those that were training at altitude. And there is some really good research on it. They even had they had Sherpas taking it. So it, it was it's really, really cool. So what they think is happen happening is it's enhancing physical performance by helping the body increase its production of ATP. So therefore delivering more energy to your cells so you're able to go a little bit longer. At the same time, cordyceps and these other med medicinal mushrooms have an impact on our immune system. So they can be like adaptogens as well. So they help bring us back into that parasympathetic nervous system. So our rest and digest out of like a fight or flight. And that's very good for making sure we're not like overstressing ourselves with maybe high intensity workouts. And I think it's important to kind of look at if you're thinking, huh, maybe I should try these or I could use some of these benefits. It's important to know like which mushroom has which effect. There's a really good website that I found. It's called realmushrooms.com. And they provided kind of all like the research links and everything behind their information as well. Um, again, some of these studies were really small. But what they do talk about on this link, which I'll put in the show notes of our episode, basically talks about like what supplements you can use, what reasons you would use each mushroom. It's a pretty nice resource. So I'll link that for sure in our show notes. But it's important, again, that like you don't just like go on, you know, foursigmatic.com and buy like a million mushroom coffees and take them at will. It's like, OK, if you're really trying to get a result from it, then it's probably best if you try for something specific that could be potentially even measurable. Like if you have arthritis and you're taking this, it's like, okay, let's look at your symptoms when you start taking it and after you've been taking it for a little while to see if it's working for you. You know, some people just want to like throw money and be like, okay, cool. This is like a healthy coffee. Like regular coffee has lots of antioxidants in it too and it's really healthy. And oh my God, I think we need a whole episode about coffee now that I'm saying this because we haven't done that. 
Yeah, I I was actually thinking about that today, too, because I was in the office and someone had, like, mentioned something about, like, oh, I was going to, you know, drink some coffee this morning, but I thought, oh, I should have some tea instead. That'd be healthier. And, you know, I didn't say anything because I... Emily knows this. I hate like getting into these conversations sometimes because it can be a whole rabbit hole and you can be there for longer than you anticipated. But (laughs) I was like, why do people think that? Like, why do people think that that's the healthier option? It's really interesting. So we will need to do an episode on that. But but let's get back to the medicinal mushrooms. Was there anything else you wanted to say about cordyceps? No, I think that's all. That's really it that I found. But I'm I'm curious because I'm I'm looking at there's a lot of products with it and it's making me think about that coffee brand. And I'm wondering, like, which one you've tried and did you like it for for Sigmatic? Mm-hmm. So I have tried more of their products that have reishi. So reishi is a medicinal mushroom that's also an adaptogen that is known to be more calming. And if any of you know me personally, I typically don't need any more. Well, calming is usually the way I go with things. Although I am kind of interested now in cordyceps and just like endurance and things like that, especially because I like running and working out and things like that. I think it's interesting, too. Like, if you're sitting there at home thinking this as well, it's like, okay, like, what do you normally do before your run? Like, is it pre-workout instead? Like, is there maybe, like, a crush that's involved in that much caffeine? Like, maybe you could try this instead. Like, you might be kind of a good candidate. Like, that's kind of how you'd, like, critically think through that one. Yes. And something to add, too, with this is that if some with something like cordyceps, So if you're thinking of supplementing with that, do not expect like immediate results. Like you are going to take it and do your workout and like all of a sudden you're going to have the greatest workout of your life. It is something that like many other supplements, you need to take it for a couple of weeks. And then after that, you might start seeing some results, but it can take some time. It's not necessarily going to be automatic. And here's a good example. So I actually just sent my brother a cordyceps supplement. And here's why. He is a runner. He runs a lot. He works out a lot. His immune system sometimes suffers because of that. So I think he pushes himself a little bit too hard. He also lives in Colorado and is at a high altitude. So I was like, this seems like the perfect situation. He was looking for some more supplements to increase his endurance and stamina and help with overall performance. And we had looked at he was interested in creatine as well, which we could also do a whole episode on that. He might do that in and cordyceps as well. Creatine is a pretty you know generally safe supplement also and very very well studied there's some money behind creatine that's because that one has like the most studies of any supplement but that is a situation where like yes that like he was a good candidate for that medicinal mushroom if you're someone who like doesn't really work out and is just like looking randomly at mushrooms i mean maybe cordyceps isn't necessarily the one for you. Or maybe, like Emily, I think you said there was some studies for it being beneficial for like osteoporosis, right? 
Yeah, totally. I, I think it's like all looking at like what your needs are and what your biggest concerns are. Like I said, the reishi, like that can help with sleep and more so relaxation. So if you're in like a heightened space where you're like, oh my God, like I'm like, thoughts are, I'm going a million miles. I'm like busy. I have stuff to do. Like I have all that. Like you might, you're in order for you to find balance, you might find a mushroom like reishi. Mm hmm. Another one is lion's mane. So lion's mane promotes mental clarity. And I'll never forget this. So like we think of it a lot with like brain fog and things like that. But there, I used to listen to a podcast that they had for Sigmatic as a sponsor. And when she, she'd like bring up like the different products that, that she had. And there's like rhymes for each of them. And I can't remember all of them, but like kind of a rhyme to like remember what they did. And she always said, lion's mane helps your brain. Oh, interesting. Yes. So a good way to remember that. And I did see with that, that a very small trial with Elderly patients taking lion's mane did show improvement in depression, anxiety, and cognitive decline. Again, small study, but still pretty, pretty cool result. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. And I love to see kind of like when the Western world like does their take on it, just because it's something that, especially in traditional Chinese medicine, they've been using lion's mane for a very long time, as Vanessa mm -hmm. said at the beginning of this episode. And they're going to have like a really different spin on it. Like they're using that mushroom for the spleen. It's associated with digestion, energy, and water regulation. And they use this mushroom as a tonic for stress-related disorders and for lack of energy as well. And some of this information comes from like monks using this as tea to increase their ability to concentrate during meditation there's just so many different like areas that use these things and so it's interesting to like see all of the body of research and tradition and kind of make your conclusions from there yeah absolutely and you can see areas where those cross over too. like if you a lot of times when people are really stressed they're experiencing like brain fog so there's definitely like crossover in different areas but another one i was looking at was chaga so promoted as being an anti-inflammatory and as being anti-aging but i was as i was saying it's always interesting to me when things are promoted as anti-aging because like it's confusing as to what that really means i mean like antioxidants i guess are anti-aging in a way. Yeah, I'm thinking like I want to see some actual like telomere on DNA like lengthening. <laughs> like that's what I'm assuming that you mean. But like I know that's probably not what anything is meaning. And for those of you who might be like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> Telomeres are sections of DNA at the end of your chromosomes and they shorten as you age. So to me, unless we're talking about telomeres, I don't really want to hear anything about anti-aging or it's my esthetician. <laughs> she can tell me about that, but I, bl well, I believe everything she says. <laughs> well, speaking of your esthetician, Chaga also has high amounts of melanin. So they think it might be beneficial for skin also. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I'm kind of like I'm expecting to start seeing chaga in more skin products. Like maybe that's going to be the next like next big thing. Maybe we should jump on that market, honestly. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And then there's also so I know in the beginning we really kind of started talking about like turkey tail. And that was, you know, when we were looking at oncology, oncology research and anti-inflammatory in like 
shiitake and maitake mushrooms are also anti-inflammatory thought to strengthen the immune system and i think that is about all there's a few more medicinal mushrooms but that's kind of all of the ones that i was looking into but it's it's a really really cool space i think just like emily said there's like new research and then there's things like from the past and then there's like the you know things that monks are experiencing it's cool i think it's really cool yeah, it's a really fascinating thing. And I think it's like one of the only times that we could say, do your own research about something because <laughs> it's like you really could like look up the different kinds and see what they're kind of meant for. And I really just encourage you to run your own little science experiment if you do it and have regular consumption and of these mushrooms and let us know how it goes for you. I'm like really thinking about trying it after our talk. I'm kind of interest intrigued. Yeah, I I mean personally, I'm going to be having some hot cocoa tonight with my reishi in it. I do want to say also, so not I think people probably wouldn't do this, but I just want to put it out there. So don't be like going and just eating mushrooms from the woods. Like oh willy nilly or anything like that. I'm so paranoid about that, right? Like, I live in the Pacific Northwest and I was literally going to this was like during COVID, it was like an outdoor, like, barbecue thing. And people went foraging for mushrooms and they like were cooking them for us and giving us to them to or giving like these mushrooms to us. And I was like terrified the whole time. I was like looking around, <laughs> watching everyone. I'm like, so these are good. Like this is chill. We're not going to die tonight. Like there's just <laughs> it's it's a scary world out there. And I know like I honestly sound ignorant, but like it's just yeah, you definitely want to make sure that you're getting them from a trusted source and don't trust yourself out there in the wilderness. That's a good unless point. you actually know, like if you right. are, you know, someone that you actually know you forged before you understand, you know, what's safe and what's not get after it. And if you're someone who wants to know. Go with someone who knows first. That's like seems to be the only way you can do it. Like that's how anyone yeah. that I know that's done it. They're like, I just went with this guy. Like he took me out there in the woods. Right. And then we just foraged together. Like it was raining. It kind of sucked. It's like not that fun. But like we got mushrooms. Yeah. But it's then like, like yeah. with some mushrooms, like the people who are foraging for them are kind of like secretive about it. Like they don't really want to give you their mushrooms. Totally. So they're not always willing to show you. But either way, I mean, therapeutically, we kind of want to be like taking them in like a bigger dose anyway. So like a supplement is going to be a little bit better for like feeling some of those effects. Not that it's not great to just eat mushrooms, too, because it absolutely is. Yeah, I think it's important to note that like if you're looking for a therapeutic effect, you have to have them in sort of an additive or concentrated form like in a product. And if you're looking at a product that says it has mushrooms in it, make sure it talks about the dose like it has 500 milligrams or something like that, because a lot of the times it can just be like a fun buzzword for them to put in there. And it has like, you know, two tiny little milligrams of mushrooms in there. So Right. And it's like just like filler stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 
Well, I'm feeling extremely proud of us because we're giving our stamp of approval on medicinal mushrooms. And I think last week we like gave our stamp of approval on a bunch of stuff as well. And these last couple episodes have just been really positive. And oh my I love God. that. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Vanessa, Vanessa hates when we're shit talking. We just did medical media. So we've definitely done our fair share of shit talking, but it's it's nice to. Well, we did to like medical medium. We did, oh God, what was the fiber one? F factor, the carnivore F factor. Diet. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you guys, like it was a lot of like, I wanted to say some good things about it. Even like in the F Factor episode, I try to say good things and like I, I, you know, I slip in a couple things, but it's just tough. It's tough. Yeah, it totally is. So it's fun to be able to give our approval on something. And if you try mushrooms, we're curious to hear how it goes for you. And we'll be back next week with. We're not sure yet, but something else fun. Maybe something about coffee. Something good. We're always thinking. Bye.